1: Having a bet on the footy this week? Top this. Top Sport have hundreds of markets to choose from across the AFL, NRL and rugby. So whether you're into the big goals or the big hits, there's something for everyone. And Top Sport will bet you on for plenty. Top that. Download the app today and bet on your game, your way. If you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Visit topsport.com.au Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly.
0: I've missed you guys. It feels like we're strangers. Let's try this. On the count of three, name your favourite dinosaur. One, two, three. Velociraptor. Okay, your favourite non-pornographic magazine to masturbate to. Good housekeeping. If you're a chick, who's the one guy you'd sleep with? John Stamos. I think we just became best friends. Good to have you back, legends, on the hottest podcast in rugby league. If you've been here before, welcome back. If you're new, welcome. This is the only podcast in the game that talks with the players and not about the players. And we've got 12 different interviews on this episode alone. Some young guns, some old fellas, and some in the middle. In between the footy talk, there may be some fart or dick jokes. I'm immature. It makes me laugh. So what? Enjoy. You've been warned. Some listening to the podcast might be unaware of the proud history of the south coast of New South Wales in rugby league I'm talking. From Wollongong down the coastline, some wonderful footballers, wonderful teams over the generations. I think the count is up to 34 or 35 South Coast players have represented Australia. From the great Harry Wells in the 1950s through to the Morris boys in the current day in between guys like Bob Fulton and the Mayor of Jeringong, Mick Cronin. Then there's the mighty Steelers themselves. I'll do an historical podcast on them at some stage, but there's another crew of youngsters doing their thing in the NRL right now. Top of that list from the Steelers, originally anyway, is this guy, Aaron Shop. Great area of footy, isn't it, mate?
2: Yeah, I think down there, every kid waits to finish school on a Friday, Arvo, do your training runs so you can play on a Saturday morning, and then hopefully try and play a couple of age groups that day. I know all the boys try and do that.
0: Isn't that the great thing about junior footy? Play your age game, and then you almost look at the coach for the the team above you in age, and you're almost just praying that he says, you know, you want to come and sit on the bench.
2: Yeah, that's it, mate. As soon as you finish your game. Stand around their sheds. Hopefully, I should just stay around and play.
0: Yeah, the hanging around the sheds trick. Got that one. Mate, uh, the 2019 Illawarra Steelers SG ball side, you won the comp. You beat Manly, I think, in the GF. Who was in that side that we'd know?
2: Uh, It's funny. There's a few boys that we'd know in that side. Um, there was myself, the two twins from the Dragons, Jaden Sullivan, uh, Junior Moan, Tyrell Salone. There, um, there are a few boys that have cracked on into NRL since um, that game. Yeah,
0: gee, there's some talent in that little group, isn't there? Yeah, nearly our whole backline's gone on to play NRL. Who was the standout in 2019 of those boys, mate? Does does someone um, really come to mind?
2: Um, I think Junior Moan's pretty um, come come well through there. Uh, yep. Jaden Sullivan he was our captain. He played NRL first out of all the boys. Um, I think it's it's hard to pick one because. Our team was so – I think for most people would say our team was stacked with yeah. a few good talent. Yeah, I think going up in the Harold match at National League Ball, they're waiting for that under-18s year that we all got together.
0: Ah, lovely. What a grand final that one was too. What do you remember of it, mate? Because it was a thriller.
2: Oh, I just remember going
0: there. And we'd only just gotten
2: into the grand final from the week before. We beat Paro on the Bell yep. by try. And um, going into that game, we were written off. There was the Manly team with the likes of Josh Schuster. Yeah. Um, there's Kyle Weeks, Tolu, the few young boys in that team. Yeah, big, big team. And um, I think I just got there and the crowd, it was all manly. There was no one else but manly people there. And from the get-go, as soon as we come out, we just looked at each other and we just said, Illawarra hasn't won one in, I think it was about, oh, it might have been 30 years or something since really? Illawarra had won yep. another SG ball Cup. Yep. So from the get-go, the boys were just on. I think we scored in the first five minutes. Um, and the rest of it, we sort of just, We just got to play footy because we're so confident out there. And we ended up um, winning by two tries. And we scored that um, try on the buzzer just to finish it off. And it was one of the best feelings, there.
0: I bet it was. Thanks for the chat, Big Nuts. We'll chat again soon. All good,
2: mate. Thank you. Oh,
0: 2022 will be remembered for a very long time by our guest, First time on the podcast. Actually, that's not correct because we had him on over summer with the Firebrand weekend session. First time on the Rugby League Superpod, though, for Jacob Kiraz. G-Legend, what a year 2022 was for you. Yeah, it's been crazy. Crazy year. It's a rollercoaster of
3: a year. I'm still
0: shocked till now. The end of the year, you proudly represented Lebanon at the World Cup. What type of experience was that?
3: Yeah, um it was like one of the best experiences I've had. because um, that, that was like one of the that was like my first time going overseas as well, first of all. Wow. Yeah, so um it was just like a different country and um with all the boys as well and obviously representing my country, which I'm so proud. Um, um my heritage is from there. Um it just made it a lot better, it made me want to like just you know, I'm playing with my boys that are literally the same as all. Well. So it just made the experience so much better.
0: Mate, obviously you loved it, and it meant a lot to you. What about this one? What about what it meant to the family, to mum and dad, and representing them? What was it like for them? You reckon?
3: Yeah, no, it was um, yeah, it was pretty emotional for them, and especially my grandparents who were born in Lebanon. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just like obviously because there's not much um, Lebanese players in rugby league, so yeah. um, obviously when I'm playing with all these boys that uh, obviously their dreams to play NRL one day as well, it just you meant every, to everyone and my parents are still, um, yeah, they just know how much it means to me and it means to them. So I'm just happy to represent them.
0: Made in club land, uh, a debut, 15 games for the Dogs, 14 of them at winger, a debut at centre. What do you remember about game one? Is there, is there something that just stands out above everything else?
3: I think it was when um, literally the first tackle of the game was um pain running at me so that was like my yeah no nah, but the, it was like that was the first tackle, and i remember i watched the video back and i remember that day he injured his shoulder and i remember i think i like one of the boys in that tackle must have twisted his shoulder but that's all i remember i remember jacko was next to me jackson um, yeah. it was like to me like bro, this is it man like let's get into him and i was like there yeah, bro like, i was like no, this pain hearts. like yeah it was just and it was the best thing that happened because once, like the first tackle, I was in it already. I was in the game already. So, yeah.
0: First tackle, biggest bloke, you're in the game. Mate, can't wait to see you do your thing again this year. Best of luck for the season ahead. Thank you. This is the Rugby League Superpod and each and every week we are inviting, welcoming and celebrating the return of Clarkie's call. Dane from Clarkie's RL column, you know it all over social media, he makes a call. We're after your responses, the good, the bad and the ugly. Clarkie, we are back into Rugby League. Round two is upon us. What is your call this week, my man?
4: G'day, Andy. And listeners, this week we've gone with uh, an early origin call to everyone's delight. I've gone with Jermaine Hopgood seems a genuine chance to make his Maroons debut this year. Pretty bold, Andy, given we've only seen the one NRL game from him this year, but I think most fans would have to admit it was quite an impressive performance from him there.
0: Yeah, really impressive performance for an impressive young man, very different lock forward to what Parramatta has had in the past, but not a different lock forward to what Queensland Queenslanders had in the past. When you look at guys like Dallas Johnson, he, he fits that mould perfectly. What are they saying to you? What are the fans saying? Are they agreeing with Clarkie's call?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Dallas Johnson, the first one that come to my mind as well. Uh, Cedric Lamar, he commented simply one game, uh, which I do understand that, but for me... Jermaine Hopgood's not a strike player. He's not an X-factor player that's no. looking for those big players. He's looking for hard work and consistency, which is easy to apply at different levels. And his numbers in round one were very similar to New South Wales Cup. So I've got no concerns there.
0: Yeah, he's going to give you numbers. He's also going to take a little bit of the number pressure off your eight and your ten. Robert Sampson on Facebook says, I'd pick the big bad ranger, Corey Horsbrough ahead of him. And then Borgie Borg, the great Borgie Borg, has responded with it would be an emotional jersey presentation with a tears emoji uh, because big Corey does get uh, quite
4: emotional from time to time. Absolutely, that's a great call there. Jave Sampson, he also notes the amount of depth the Maroons have in the middle. He says players like Tino, Papali'i, Welch, Arrow, Carrigan, Cotter, and Lindsay Collins are all ahead of him. But my favorite comment this week actually comes from a Parramatta Eels fan page. He says, all the criticism the Eels retention team copped Just for the new boys to be just as good is hilarious to me. We deserve credit for knowing how to bring the best out of players. And I'll go one further and dive a little bit into that, uh, Andy. It's the forward pack. Every year, Brad Arthur is able to get this forward pack performing and take them to new levels. Um, And I just think that the work he's done with the forwards in the last five or so years has really gone unnoticed and underappreciated by fans.
0: Yeah, I fully agree. And and a lot of it comes down to Brad and his uh, instructions and the carrying out of instructions from junior and Reg up front. But if the two front rowers at Parramatta set the platform, every other player on the field in blue and gold is able to do their job. Uh, Christian Banfield suggests barring injury, who would he replace the current Maroons forward pack with young gun forwards who haven't slowed down. If you're looking at Specialist 13s, yeah, there's Tino, there's Paddy, there's Ruben. Um, I can see Jermaine may be uh, an extended squad addition perhaps this year, depending on, on injury when we get to round 10 or 11. But, mate, certainly a, a player of the future, young Jermaine Hopgood, and good to see him getting his opportunity in first grade.
4: Absolutely. At the end of the day, I'd be very shocked if he's not at least included in that Maroons squad. He certainly looks a player that has everything a Queenslander loves. That hard work, no rubbish attitude where he just goes about his business. It's a player and a mould that not only Billy Slater loves, but all Queenslanders love. Always a pleasure.
0: Clarkie from Clarkie's RL Column. He is all over social media and it doesn't matter what day it is. It doesn't matter what hour it is. You can get all your news, your previews, your reviews right there. And guess what? Clarkie doesn't post under the alias of staff writers either. Hey, staff writers, beat it. I will not open another one of them this year. I'm not falling for the clickbait. Clarkie's RL column, the home of Rugby League on social media. We'll do it all again next week,
4: legend. Cheers, Andy, and listeners, I appreciate it.
0: Okay, Legends, every week on the Rugby League Pod, we're featuring and promoting a supporter page on Facebook. Here's the kicker. The responses, well, the best or the worst ones, make the podcast. Now, for this opening week, our Facebook page is Canterbury Bankstown Berries to Bulldogs, Past and Present. They're a terrific and really positive site, guys. You don't have to be just a Bulldogs fan. You can be just a fan of rugby league, but it's a really respectful site and uh, really high footy IQ. So their question was, you can bring back one Bulldog from the 70s, one from the 80s, and one from the 90s, and slot them into this 2023 side. Who do you select and why? Okay, our first one, John Hyam. He says, from the 70s, I'd slot Turvey in. I don't think I need to explain why. We need a seven. And what better Bulldog to bring himself into the current team than the Bulldog God? Although I never saw him play in the 70s and he excelled in the 80s, the fact he made the 70s earns him nomination from that decade. From the 80s, I'd select Mick Potter. We need a fullback, and he's been one of the best we've had. His ability to break tackles or avoid defenders with his kick returns would be so valuable in today's game. Although his stay in blue and white was relatively short-lived, his effect was enormous. He bettered Terry Lamb in the year. He was awarded Dally M Player of the Year. If I remember correctly, it was 84. No mean feat. From the 90s, I'd select Hazem El-Mazri, although he was more prominent in the 2000s, based on his ability to turn four into six on most occasions. I select him slightly over Daryl Halligan because he was a better finisher and absolutely bled blue and white some honorable mentions 70s Jeff Robinson, 80s Terry Lamb and 90s hard to pick between Steve Price, Craig Polamounta and Rod Silver. would love to hear your thoughts on my selections Andy. hey John, very difficult to argue mate I think uh, I think you've done a tremendous job there appreciate it. From Margaret, one of the admins Gary Dowling from the 70s because he was a fast dynamic fullback. And we are in need of a fullback desperately. Steve Mortimer, the legend of the 80s, because he was the best halfback of his time, and we're lacking a seven. And Daryl Halligan from the 90s, because he was the best kicker of his time. Love it, Margaret. Um, Tony Boutros said Mortimer for seven, the general for one, Rick Weir. He's gone back to the 60s as Ricky Weir, Les Johns' best fullback I have ever seen. Uh, Thank you very much to the entire crew at Canterbury Bankstown, Berries to Bulldogs, past and present. Make sure you check them out, legends. The Dream Team episodes are next level. You can listen to them anytime because they don't date, and I reckon you disagree with all of them. It's the ultimate argument starter. Who's in your Dream Team? You can pick any player from any era, any team, and then combine them. You're the coach. Here's a couple of positional choices from some of the game's best. Let's start with Kyle Felt. Okay, mate. Dream Team time. You know the rules. There are no rules. Let's start with fullback. Who have you got in the one jersey?
5: I'd have to have Billy Slater.
0: He seems to be the common theme, mate. It doesn't matter what age or what era my guests have come through, Billy Slater gets a lot of mentions. What impressed you from Billy most?
5: Oh, just the way that he goes about his business. He's always on the ball. I don't I don't think he really very rarely lets a I guess a, a ball bounce when it gets kicked. So the way that he attacks it is something great. And, and and obviously in his defense, um he's he's always talking so much you can you can actually hear him when you're on the opposition talking. So that's something that you'd want.
0: Okay, let's move on to the wings. Um, your position. So really interested to see who the two you've selected are.
5: Um, one would have to be Wendell Sailor. Massive, massive Wendell fan. Um, even though he did play for the Bronx, unfortunately, but <laughs> yeah, that's um he's. I just really liked watching the way he, he went about his business. Uh, he was really good. Um, and I'd have to probably throw throw Matty Bowen on the wing. Um, you, you can't leave him out of, out of out of your dream team. He's he is a North Queenslander, but at the end of the day, the way that he's he lit up the game when he was on the field. It was it was outstanding. Yeah. Always even still look up to him every time I see him around. It's great.
0: Matty Bowen under these current rules would be something special <laughs> in the faster game, wouldn't he?
5: Uh, he would uh, He would light it up. It would, it'd be great to see.
0: Yeah, it certainly would. Uh, I can't remember how many Saturday nights even when the side was struggling um back in the the early teens, um the late noughties, Uh, that I'd come up to Townsville, commentate the game, and just sit there and marvel at JT and Maddie doing their thing. Uh, In beaten sides, they would still turn on the magic. Want the ultimate unfiltered message for your mates? I'll say anything you want, ripping heads off and shitting down necks all day long. Find me on Swish at Swish.com. Up next, Wade Graham.
6: Another easy choice for me, Cameron Smith. Yeah. Um, I think his records and the way he played and his skill to control the game. Uh, I don't, I don't see anyone going past it. To be honest, over mm. four hundred NRL games, um, countless success at Melbourne, yeah. countless success in the Origin Arena, and you know, countless success for Australia. So it was a real, real easy choice for Cameron. And yeah, again, another guy I was lucky to go on a World Cup with and share some success with, and get a real good insight
0: at how he prepared to play the game of footy. A great rivalry between the Storm and the Sharks, including that Grand Final for a number of years. Did you? When you get frustrated, do you look at Cameron Smith on the field and think, "Oh, you bastard! You're killing me again. Why are you so good? You're not big. You're not strong. You're not fast, but you just keep doing it to us."
6: Oh, he's just his understanding of the game. It's just was unparalleled, right? Yeah. And because he has the well, he's had has the, his hands on the ball first time, every time from the ruck. Yep. And he just controlled the game from that dummy half position. And whether it was an early kick for his team, back to back early kicks, pass selection, he just knew when to pass to his halves, when to roll the ruck, when to kick his team out of um you know, out of pressure. Yeah. And he just controlled the whole game from from that position and you know, the frustrating thing for an opposition player is you, you can you can never get to him, right? He's hard to get to because mm. he's a hooker, he can just dish the ball off. And like even playing against good halves or good forwards, you can know like when they come in the line, you get three yeah. in, you can you can get to him. And the really the only way to get to him was offensively. You had to try and, you know, get your OBs in him or yep. target him. But he's such a solid defender. He just catch him and he'd get some help from his big boys mm. around him and you know, nine times out of ten he'd win, he'd win his collision yeah. and win his tackles. So he's just so hard to get to on the field and uh, yeah, his temperament and the way he controlled the game is probably unparalleled. He, he probably had a a better ability to, to control a game than Andrew Johns and Jono, really. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's saying
0: something. Oh, yeah. Uh, Plenty of episodes of Dream Team with some of the biggest names in footy, some cracking lists and explanations as well. Check the back catalogue of episodes and rip in. This is the Rugby League Superpod on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Honestly, best fucking footy chat anywhere where we drop a dozen interviews each and every episode. Episode one for this season, I wanted to go with the best players and the best sorts in the game. Yes, every bloke on this episode, stud. Five-star sort. From the Warriors, Dylan Walker has (laughs) logged. Fair intro that one, mate. Mate, I
7: don't know about that one. I like it. I like it though. I'll take it.
0: You've been called worse in the past. We know that. Um, Mate, the Warriors, you've been in New Zealand a few months now. What were your first impressions?
7: No, it was, um, you know what? To be honest, when I first got to New Zealand, everyone said the weather wasn't the greatest. I think for a good week straight, we had sun. And then I was sort of half planted onto the missus. We're driving in the car, we're driving along Mission Bay where, it's basically the beach side yeah. of, the, of the city, the eastern side, and I kept looking over to the water and the mountains. I go, "Oh, look at that, babe! That's you know, you don't get that in um in Oz, you know, yeah. big mountains, in the city." And I was like, "Oh, this is this is a beautiful place." So I can fast forward a week later, and we're going out for a walk to the park with the kids, and then we're hiding underneath the playground because it just took a turn and pissed out and rain for the next twenty minutes. <laughs> so, uh. uh, Made it's been good you know what? people around the the area are real nice you know people in general it's just they're just really welcoming and you know it was, there's no there's no egos about it there's no I don't know it's just you know when you just get a sense of belonging and it's mm. just really nice you know with that we settled in and um, it's been so welcoming so Mate, can't fault it so far.
0: I reckon that's brilliant because you've got the better half over there. You've got the two kids over there. It's a big move for you, but it's a massive move for the family.
7: Yeah, yeah. I think um, we had a good solid eight months to sort of prep prep ourselves, but Mm. um, I think when we first got here, the missus definitely, I and myself, we we struggled to have a bit of help because normally we're we're close to family and friends. They could sort of help. You know, starting fresh and we don't really have too many people that are um, close by that we can, you know, sort of catch up. And I think in the first month of the pre-season, the only adult my missus was seen was um, myself, even though I wouldn't even call myself an adult (laughs) these days. uh, I'm probably part of the the childcare, but (laughs) um, no, it's been good and she's been enjoying it. So we just, we found a little flow and everyone's been enjoying it. So... You know, well, the kids haven't um, cried yet about wanting to be somewhere else. We'll see it then, then. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a big plush.
0: <laughs> awesome, exciting times ahead, exciting role ahead for you, too. Appreciate you dropping in, mate. We'll do it again soon. Mate,
7: right, 100%. Thank you very much.
0: Aussie footy shorts, footy shorts with pockets. Hear that? Footy shorts with pockets. Get into them, legends. They're the grouse footy We posted this on our Instagram page. For Aussie footy shorts, i got a question for you. Pick one guy who always wants to fight on the field and one guy that doesn't. Now let's match them up. Who wins and why? Best or most creative answer wins a pair of Aussie footy shorts. You've got to be following both us and Aussie footy shorts to win. Footy shorts. With pockets. With pockets, I'm telling you. <laughs> Aussie Footy Shorts. Find them online at footy-shorts.com.au. They're also on Instagram at footy Shorts. <laughs> Round one of 2019. Our guest made his NRL debut. He was playing for the Canberra Raiders against the Gold Coast Titans. Bailey Simonson. What do you remember of debut day, buddy? Yeah, I remember um,
8: obviously up against the Titans up on the Gold Coast. There it was. I remember waking up um, the day of the game and just absolutely pouring down um, from when I first woke up to when I went to bed that night. So um, you know, probably as a back three player, you know, dealing with bombs oh. and kicks and stuff was you know it was a bit not not an ideal situation having teeming rain um, all game, but um, obviously very nervous and excited at the same time and. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a blur to be honest, the whole game. But um yeah, I was just so stoked to be out there and, and to finally play in the NRL and um managed to score a meet pie too, which was which was cool. And um we had a good win there. I think it was twenty-six nil, twenty-eight nil or something. <laughs> so we had a had a really strong win and start to our season and um just yeah, great great day and great to have the family up there too. And yeah.
0: A try, a try on debut, as you said. It it doesn't get much better. Did you have any doubts going into it? Doubts that you weren't up to it? Maybe this isn't for you, or were you just full steam ahead? Let me rip in here.
8: Uh, nah, to be honest, I was. I was just so excited to play. You know, coming off a of preseason, you work so hard, and then um, you play some trial matches um, leading into the season, which which gives you a bit of confidence. But mm. uh, to be fair, my first trial match. <laughs> I had a bit of a shocker, and I don't think I've ever played worse. So it was, that was a bit rattling. But then managed to have a uh, decent second trial match, and then yeah, coming into round one, I wasn't—I wasn't really thinking um, along the lines of, of um, not up to it or doubting myself. You know, I'd, I've been playing footy my whole life, so I was just very excited to get out there and um, get amongst it. And I think once you get a, an early touch or a little involvement mm. in the game, you sort of just—just just another game of footy, and you, you can sort of just do what you've always done and yeah.
1: enjoy yourself.
0: Great memory, great day. Bailey Simonson's debut game. Love winding back the clock.
1: Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Top Sports Same Game Multi gives you the most competitive multiple for every leg. And with hundreds of markets to choose from across sports and racing, you're sure to find a combination unlike any other. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly.
0: Yes, topsport.com.au. The boss, the CEO, Tristan Merlihan, is with us. He'll be with us each and every week on the Rugby League Superpod. Round one down, mate, 26 to go. Any nervous punters out there in terms of premierships um, over the offseason? A lot of bets placed, but losses to Penrith, Parramatta, Cronulla and the Roosters in round one. Is anyone getting nervous? No, it
9: was such an exciting week one. And and I I think just the fact that you've rattled off so many teams in that list probably means that people on any one of those teams aren't as nervous yet because I think there's been a few that have maybe stumbled to start the season. But there's a few punters on teams like the Bunnies, Manly and Broncos who are three of our top four worst ways that are probably happy with the result, but I would suggest that... Hunters may be most nervous and I probably would put myself in this basket where the people climbing into the shorts about the Dolphins to get the, the least wins market because they started very very well can they maintain that consistency over the course of the season who knows but it was one of the best starts to a season obviously, and one of the biggest upsets it was fantastic
0: okay we'll start with that least wins for the season currently Newcastle Knights Gold Coast uh Dolphins, Redcliffe Dolphins, Dolphins, $3.70. St. George, Illawarra Dragons, $4.20. West Tigers, $5.50. Many fluctuations over the last week, mate.
9: Yeah, there certainly have been. The The Knights have been the team that have firmed up on the back of that performance. They were uh, $5.50 into $3.70. They were, they were a bit unlucky to lose that game, I thought, just the mm. way things played out. But, you know, it was a, it was a game that they would have hoped to have got the two points with early in the season against another team. That we're expected to struggle. The Dolphins have drifted from 270 out to 370 on the back of their win. And the Dragons, without even lining up on the field, have gone five dollars into $4.20, just on the back of the Dolphins recording that win. The Tigers have also firmed up a little bit, $10 into $5.50. And the Titans have gone the other way. Obviously, them securing their first win. They've gone from $8.50 out to 16.
0: In terms of outright winner, Penrith Panthers now at $4.40. That's the best price, I think, over the last couple of months, is it?
9: Yeah, definitely. They they've drifted significantly uh over the last a well, couple of weeks. They, they were three seventy-five out of four dollars leading into the into the finals and then on the back of oh, sorry, leading into the season starting, and then on the back of that first up loss, they've drifted out to four forty. Um, as well as the Roosters. So the Roosters were the biggest go in the preseason, as we spoke about last week. Yep. They were $7 into $5, and now they've just drifted back out to $5.50. Mm-hmm. I think they probably should be a little bit higher based on that current form, but we have got a stack of money for them, so we are just keeping them a little bit safe still at that $5.50 mark. So the biggest mover, though, was the Bunnies. They've been $11 into, into $6.50 now, as well as the Broncos. They've been $21 into $12 and Manly $26 into 16 So a few teams in that middle tier have certainly firmed up a bit.
0: Top Sport, uh, best prices, most markets, best service. Um, Let's talk your markets and your same-game multis because, for me, it's the strength of Top Sport, made especially in rugby league with so many markets and so many variables.
9: Yeah, we've got a stack of markets. On game day, we have over 200 up on every single game. We've got a heap of the player performance markets. for those same-game multis, as you say, if you want to back a few players to score a try – Uh, take one of the teams to win or cover the line then make sure you check out the top sport website when you do so because we pride ourselves on the on the on how aggressive our prices are on those same game multi so check it out and wherever you're having a bet currently pop it into your into your same game multi module on that platform put it in ours and and see which comes up at the highest price that's all you can do
0: i know where it will be uh top sport and unfiltered are donating a hundred dollars every week to the ricky stewart foundation well We're not donating $100. Top Sport is giving us $100 free bet. And if we win, Ricky Stewart Foundation benefits. And we made some money for them last year. So this is the way we're going to start 2023, mate. We're going to look this weekend at the Parramatta Eels, into the Canberra Raiders, into the Melbourne Storm, into the Top Sport-sponsored Gold Coast Titans. I like the four there and like to start this year on a winning note. What are we looking at?
9: Yeah, it's a nice little multi. Parramatta into the Raiders, into the Storm, into the Titans. Works out at $6.13. The Titans, as you say, the top sport Titans, they've firmed up a little bit. Um, it'll be an interesting game. If they could go 2-0 and away from home, they'll be very happy with that start of the season. But 100 on that uh, at $6.13. We'll pop that into the account. And you're right, we did raise plenty of money over the course of last season. We got 1595 out of the season worth of bets last year. So hopefully we can add to that tally.
0: It'll be nice, mate, and it will also be nice chatting to you once again next week on the Rugby League Superpod. Have a great week. This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions. Our superstars are giving their answers. Look out. Let's go to the Black Flash, the legendary Larry Korowa. Question-answer time. Our friends, our followers, and our listeners have thrown a heap of topics to chat about. We'll get this one out of the way early. This is from Graham at Byron Bay. Who's the fastest, Larry? Either that you played with, against, or have seen. Who wins over 100? Geez. um... Uh, Josh Addo Carr, he's, he's fairly quick, Yeah, you know, over 100, and he's, he's starting to slow up a little bit now, but he had the speed back in the early days. Yep. He was really quick. Um, a bloke called um, David Michaels. Yeah. He was very quick, and, and Shane Werrett. Yes. Shane Werrett, he was very quick. He beat Martin to fire in a match race from memory at Parramatta Stadium, and I they were saying so. Chariots was the man. Yeah.
10: Yeah, so... You know, uh, there's always been a lot of quick players, yeah. mate, over the over the years. So, you know, even
0: Slippery Morris and mm. and all them, you know, them blokes were pretty quick. And the chainsaw, Andrew McCulloch. This one is from Instagram and Tiger Tony. Does finishing your career at Redcliffe have any appeal or not? And I'm only asking that not to start a rumour, but just <laughs> to be back at home. Oh, I-
5: yeah, I think um, sometimes in life you just got to realise it's not all about you. I do have a um, yeah you know, little family now, so it's um, it's important that I also think about um, what's best for them. So, like I said, you never know what's around the corner. And in, um, in footy, I guess being here in Sydney, we've got the Benny Hunt and his partner up the road, but that's that's about it here in Sydney, really. So it's it's quite different having a young bub and uh, a partner at home without a, a real lot of support. So yeah. Never know, but yeah, at this stage, it's 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 not not likely.
0: Lastly, and um, it's ironic that you just mentioned Benny Hunt because this question is from a Ben H. Yeah, when are you going to pass the ball faster to me and stop taking credit for things I do?
5: <laughs> so I might not even pass it to
0: him anymore. I don't think so. <laughs> Throw it to the five eight. There we go. A little movement for you. You can listen to any of our podcast episodes or interviews at any time because none of them ever date, ever. Here's a little DCE. And no, I'm not calling DCE little. It's just a little DCE. You know what I mean? This is from Episode 8. That side of 2011, an amazing team, amazing teammates, a few old heads, a lot of youngsters, local boys, talent. And a large portion of the team probably playing career-best football.
11: Yeah, that's um, <clears throat> one thing that I always look at, whether it's our side or the other 15 teams, when it gets to the grand final, I always look and say, 1 to 17, how many have they got playing career-best footy? Because yeah. that for us was the year where we had... The, oh, I can't even think of anyone who wasn't playing good footy. Everyone was just doing their best. And... yep. You know, you sort of, I guess, when when I sort of try to break it down, how are you playing your best footy? Well, you're extremely comfortable in your environment. You're extremely comfortable with your teammates. Um, The game plan obviously has flexibility for everyone to thrive. So, Mm. you know, we had a coach that was steering us. Um, You know, it just, it's the perfect recipe, right, is a premiership. And that yeah. year we had everyone just in sync, and it was a really enjoyable time. I guess that sort of gets left a bit left left behind a bit is the enjoyment factor. Um, yep. Bloody yeah, hell, we had some good weekends together, and uh, and okay. you know it was just a good place to be. It was really really fun.
0: And some Craig Bellamy from episodes twenty six and twenty seven. This interview is all time. The thing the thing
12: that I really enjoy uh, more than anything else is is listening. To music, yeah. Um, my dad was um, used to play guitar and used to sing a little bit. He was a mad um, Slim Dusty Johnny Horton um, fan, so um, used to you know sitting used to sit next to the open fire as a family, and dad used to rip off a few songs. So I've always loved listening um, to music. So um, at, at the moment, I'm really missing. Not being able to go and see a concert, you know, with uh, you know like Jimmy Barnes, the Angels, they're the guys I really, you know, love seeing um, live, you know. So um, I, I've really missed that. Um, I, I like me musicals as well. Um, um, musicals? So yeah, like musicals, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So not so much probably the classic ones, but um, you know some of the other ones. So like I so say, that's probably my main. Um, the main thing I spend time on when yeah. I'm not spending it on footy and family. So, um, yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm missing the music at the moment. Obviously, I can, you know, put on, um, you know, uh, uh, on my phone what's going on listen, but it's not quite the same as going to a, um, you know, live concert.
0: I've found a lot of high-profile sports guys that have a certain level of experiences, both good and bad, have a somewhat reduced circle of friends or, or confidants is probably a better way to put it, a group they can confide in, a group they will actually listen to. What's your support group look like? Is it small?
12: Yeah, it, yeah, it probably is. Um, actually, I think someone asked me this about a couple of years ago and I didn't. I, I probably don't, you know, like I, if i got an issue or a problem I, I'm having trouble you know, sorting it, I don't sort of think I, I've got to go and talk to such and such, you know, but... Um, I, I've never thought like that. So I've always, you know, I probably well, well, I've always thought that I've um gone with my gut feel and I'll yep. I'll sort it out. You know, I'll talk talk to other people, but um, but people around the situation or people around the problem. Yep. But, but well, when I thought about it, there, there probably is a couple um that I go to um, mm. and uh they've only you know come up well. I've got to know him since I've been in Melbourne, and that's John Rebo, who was yep. um, was the the person that got me to the club. Uh, he was the CEO, obviously the owner of um, the Storm at that time, and he was a CEO for the first couple of years I was there. So I've always kept in touch with Reeves, and you know he comes still a mad Storms, you know, fan. He yeah. comes to a lot of the games, and, I, and the other guy that um, again I I probably land on a bit that didn't when I didn't sort of realize I, I landed on him was uh, Roy Masters. So yes. uh, I didn't didn't know Roy until I um, I went to Melbourne. I didn't even know Roy lived in Melbourne. Actually, at that time, but he'd been living there for a fair while, and um, he got married um, to to Elaine. And, you know, she was a, a a Melbourne lady, so that's where he's been. So, and again, Roy being very close to John. You know, I, I met Roy pretty quickly. You know, after I moved down there, and um, and yeah, you know, he being a a coach. Um, you know, of, and certainly uh, quite a, a infamous coach or yes. a famous coach, whichever way you look yeah. at it, with the face slap and whatever. But that's the thing, you know, with Roy, he's um, very uh, innovative. You know, he, he's always thinking, probably or not always, but sometimes he can he can think outside the square. Yeah. Um, when I, I'm not great at that, um, so yeah. So when someone mentioned based on that question you asked me there, like i I never sort of realised that I probably did rely on a few people, but certainly, um, um, you know, Reeves and 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 Roy, um, you yeah, know, footy and, and life
0: as well. Any episode, any time, here's some Adam Dewey from a previous episode. Dropping in on the Weekly Watch like a flying fullback, a super centre or a classy number six is the West Tigers' Adam Dewey. Mate, there is an obvious first question right there. Favorite position? If you had to nominate one position to spend the rest of your life playing, what would it be and why?
10: Yeah, that's a that's a fair intro. Um, I guess personally, the, the six. I um, I've yeah. played all my junior footy um, in the halves, and it's where I feel most comfortable and more dominant. So um, I like having my hands on the ball, and I yeah. like you know sort of steering the ship around and being on the ball and making plays and stuff. So. Um if it was my call and if it was, if it was all a, a sunny day, I'd, I'd be wearing the number six.
0: Coaches just love them, a versatile player. Guys like yourself, like uh, Tyrone May, Victor Radley or yeah. an Alex Johnson type, it does have its advantages, but I would imagine it can get really frustrating at time. You play three weeks in the centres, then there's an injury and you're back at fullback and then you're at 5'8 and you're thinking, just leave me somewhere, please. Yeah.
10: Yeah. Yes, I know. There's obviously positives and negatives that come with it. I guess um, as a young kid coming through, you'd, you'd obviously want to play anywhere in the 17th. So that's what, that's what I was like in my first few years in grade. And, yeah. Um, to to Steve's credit at South, he played me pretty much everywhere in the back line. Yeah. I even got on that hooker at one stage. And um, Yeah, I was, I was just wanting to jump on wherever and be, I guess, playing first grade footy. Um, so, yeah, but but now, yeah, I'm starting to come to a stage in my career where I really want to settle down a position and I feel as though, um, this year coming up in 2021, I, I see the number six jersey being mine and um, I guess I can take it and, you know, move on with it. Hooker.
0: Wow. Uh, any <laughs> any plans to go back into the scrum?
10: Yeah. Uh, I definitely won't be playing hooker ever again <laughs> in, in, my, in my career. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, I uh, nearly broke my back, but he'd be able to pass the ball.
0: <laughs> I love it. Mate, year one done at the Tigers. How was the experience? I mean, I guess it was a... An odd year, anyway, twenty twenty.
10: I guess personally, uh, personally, and also as an organisation, obviously, a, a very disappointing season for us. Yep. Um, we we honestly had genuine hopes to, I guess, play for footy and break the ten or so year drought, whatever it's been um, at the club. And you know, the reason why I wanted to come to the club is you know to challenge myself. And um, you know, I've been a Tigers fan all my life and played my junior at the junior footy at the club. So um, when the opportunity came up to go back there and I guess play fullback and um, I was lucky enough to play every game yep. um, last year, and I guess to finish outside sort the of top eight is, yeah, as I said, you know, really disappointing for us as a club, and something we'll have to, you know, carry with us and um, build on for for the next year.
0: Mate, some great stories about Benji Marshall and and how he helps young players. He's a guy that's got the ability to coach. He's got a really good footy brain, but he's a good communicator. Um, mm. Was he helpful for you in twenty twenty?
10: Yeah, he was huge. just just his. Um, I guess the aura that he has with him, and yeah. um, the way he can just the way he can just carry himself to be a, a, a teammate and a mate to you, not 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 be this you know superstar and try and think he's better than anyone. Yeah, you know, he's a he's a genuine um, good bloke, and yep. um, that's what I like the most about him. And yeah, in terms of the, his skill set and the stuff he does, I guess, at training and on the paddock is oh, it's just you know some of the craziest stuff I've seen, you know, he's up there with the people like I've trained with J.I. and stuff, That the stuff they do is just, yeah, you honestly blink sometimes and think like, you know, how do they do that? And yeah. Yeah, he's helped me, you know, hugely in you know, stripping down defensive numbers and uh, when to hit short, when to hit long and, you know, when to kick long, when to kick short. And it yeah, was honestly a huge um, asset to have, to have for us and, and for me personally.
0: Our Legends Series interviews are back and back this week. This week's one, unlike anything you've ever heard before, we're going to rewind back to 1981, Manly in Newtown, then we're going to hear from the great John Dorrehy.
13: First scrum win to Newtown, Brunicus around the side of the scrum, there's a brawl erupted now, make no bones about this one, there are three separate groups fighting, Broadhurst handling Bowden, out on the left, and they're going out at hammer at times, like two heavyweight fighters, these two. And on the quarter lines, another Millie with 5 or 6. Broadhurst down. Bound is still pumping punches into him. The line-up by standing over them. It's erupted again. Gerard is having a go there with Blythe. Blythe is down. Tom Mooney's over there. There's Jensen and Quillich as it Quillich Having a Wallers, still yeah. going on. The referee's going to be put in under intolerable pressure to sort this out and still keep 13 on the paddock. Boyd with Rodoticus and there's uh, a headbutt got in there from a Newtown player and start it started all over again Well, the touch I, I don't know how somebody can't get sorted out with this thing still throwing punches there Well, it can't stop, it's been going now about two minutes Tommy Rodoticus is being held by Alan Thompson out on the right if we can get the camera shot wider. There's Thompson still holding Donagus, and uh, that is the most frantic opening to a rugby league match I've seen in 35 years.
0: Side note if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the fight, Google it. You have to. It is the best, almost brutal, you will ever see. OK, JD, you're playing at centre. From your view, what did all this look like? Bowden and Broadhurst.
14: Terrible. Um, <clears throat> of course, the, the scrum broke up, and there was the group as such, and then it sort of group sort of dissipated a bit and moved yeah. away from each other, and uh, and sort of rushing in from uh, right centre because uh, it was on the on the um, on the members side of the ground, yep. the, the western side, and uh, then ultimately I, I saw. Mark being smashed by Steve Bowden, and, and I actually saw the headbutt. Uh, I thought, oh, shit, and that was pretty much w- when he went down. And yep. And so I I rushed over and tried to pull Bowden off and stupidly um, because then Bowden tried to uh, belt me, yeah. or was about to belt me, should I say, and then I hear this thud happen and thought, shit, what's going on? And they Tell me later. It was Terry Randall kicking Steve Bowden in the head, which of course put him, him off, off put, you. Him, put him off me. Yeah, thankfully, and I'll uh, <laughs> forever be grateful to mm-hmm. Igor for that. Uh, but it was it was one of the, there was fights, and Tommy was on the go with, with the Manly blokes, That's and, right. uh, and he was trying to get into Boydie, and um, and then, funny enough, it wasn't that long after that um, there was a a scrum, and then there was a penalty against Manly. Um, and Tommy ran the ball up and ran straight at Les Boyd and as he ran up to him he threw the ball down and That's right. went in to fight yeah, Buddy bloody, yeah. bloody Les, you know. One of his mates. One yeah. of his mates, and but on the field you're no mates, of yeah. course. You're in opposition, but I mean at that time there the referee should have sent Tommy off because they' of yeah. trying to instigate a, a world war again. Um but it was it was it was brutal. It was a tough game. They had a really strong pack. Mm. Um, you know, another old West teammate, Steve Blythe, was in their side and he was a tough kid. That's right. yeah. Um and of course Graham O'Grady and he, he played tough. He, you know, mm. he wasn't the biggest bloke, but he was the strongest man. Yeah. Graham but he, and he had all the skill he he would he probably could have played rep football quite easily too.
0: Agree. Mate, it wasn't just punches, it was elbows, it was headbutts, it was kicks, as you've okay. just said. And the really sad uh, part of this story, and I'll let you tell the story, but you lived across from Mark yeah. Broadhurst over, yeah. over Manly Way. Um, I'll let you pick up the story about when you guys finally got home. You can hear the whole interview Warts and all with John Doherty. He is this week's Legend Series. Want to win an unfiltered trucker's hat? Go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast. Then simply give us a five-star rating and review. Write whatever you want. We don't care. It's the stars that matter. Funniest weekly review wins the prize. Simple. This week's winner of the unfiltered cap is Swan the Magnificent. That's what he calls himself anyway. He wrote this on Apple Podcasts. You should get into writing wedding speeches, Andy. Jerome Luai has left a hole in the market. Love your potty. Go the storm. There's a cap coming, big man. We're done on another episode of Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the only podcast that talks with the legends and not about them. If you're enjoying the content, tell your mates, tell your Uber driver, the bloke at work, even your in-laws, whoever. Spread the word, legends. Everyone's welcome here. Be staunch and help your old mate out. Throw a five-star rating and review on the app you're listening on. I'm giving out free riskies for that one too. It's time for the weekend. Time to grab a pizza, open a couple of coldies, have a crack on the punt. And don't forget, as always, back Pikey in the last. Music